This is Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman. And you're listening to the DCAU Review, hosted by Cal and Liam, streaming at DCAUreview.com and on your favorite podcast app. Gotham City is out of control. An entire city screaming in fear. Super villains walk the streets, preying on the innocent. They will learn the true nature of power. The police are powerless. A creature prowls this urban wasteland. Is that? He moves in darkness. For some, he is a rumor. A name whispered in the corridors of the underworld. Waiting for the chance to strike. Let every criminal know the acid taste of fear. You crazy! Gotham has forgotten what justice means. The Dark Knight is here to remind them. Batman. Good guys wear black. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 250 of the DCAU Review. I am Liam, and with me, as he has been for every episode so far, and every episode we'll make after this, uh, Cal, also here this week. Cal, happy 250, and what a topic we've got for uh, for this, a Herculean task ahead of us. <laughs> uh, in this week's 250th episode of the DCAU Review. Absolutely. Happy 250 to you as well. Uh, needless to say, could not have done it without you. I would not have done it without you. So it's uh, <laughs> it's been quite quite a fun journey here. We always, uh, these round numbered episodes, uh, you know, the 50s and the, the double zeros tend to be a little bit more special. Yeah, this last week, if you listen to the episode, uh, wasn't wasn't one of our favorite episode reviews of all time, but definitely encourage you to check it out. We still had lots of fun with it. Uh, check it out in the archives mm-hmm. on your favorite podcast app. But uh, yeah, we uh, as we mentioned last week, we put the power in the hands of the listeners and across three different voting systems. Uh, you know, I'll just say it right now. There, there very well could have been ballot box stuffing. You know, there wasn't a lot of <laughs> checking to see if people voted more than once, but uh, it was more on the honor system or actually we kind of, I think at one point we encouraged ballot box stuffing. So who are we to say if, if you did? <laughs> but uh, yes, ac- across three different platforms of voting, both are. Uh, on um including our twitter our instagram and our spotify 
winning this week was a character spotlight, DCAU character spotlight. And Liam, we've done DCAU character spotlights uh, in the past, covered some uh, some heroes, some some guys that you would probably know by name, but may- maybe not the layman, the person on the street may not necessarily know them by name if you ask them but uh this this character that we're covering today i think is universally known i think uh if you were to encounter an extraterrestrial they might even know who this is that we are covering today a a character well worth a gigantic landmark episode such as our 250th Absolutely, Cal. So uh, as you can see, perhaps from the title of the episode that you clicked on here, we are in fact uh, doing a character spotlight. This is volume one of a character spotlight on none other than the clown prince of crime, the chief amongst all Batman villains, arguably perhaps the greatest of all comic book villains, one of the great villains in all of fiction goes so far as to say the Joker. And of course, specifically, we will be breaking down uh, his his DCAU appearances and more even more specifically uh, for this volume one we are picking every single appearance that he had in the fir- what is considered quote unquote the first season <laughs> of Batman the animated series meaning the first 65 episodes produced and uh, not every every appearance is a is a full length episode thankfully because we'd, we'd be here for <laughs> six hours with the amount of appearance he's had but uh but it's still quite a few episodes to get through cal can't wait to do that and uh, this character spotlight of course is brought to you as it is the pod tower youtube channel had to work this in somewhere because we don't have a synopsis to read um uh, that that's the pod well tower done. youtube no, channel. well done yes I, I i agree <laughs> good job me uh <laughs> we have uh, of course this episode is brought to you by the pod tower youtube channel uh you can head to youtube.com slash the pod tower and you can find uh so we've ever done as well as content from several other dcau content creators and uh, you can uh, go ahead and subscribe there. We would appreciate it. It helps us out and helps out some other folks as well. So without further ado, Cal, uh, as we always do when we do one of these character spotlights, at least for volume one, uh, we have to we look a little bit at the characters back, spend a lot of time because again, we have so much to get to uh, <laughs> with with this Joker. But it's a it's a it's a landmark episode. So. Uh, obviously the Joker created originally and I was interesting I was reading about this I think this is one of those stories I knew and then forgot and then learned again about this week which is that while uh, officially there are kind of three people Joe Finger, Bob Kane of course the creators of Batman also credited with creating the Joker uh, as he appeared first in Batman number one in 1940 but there's also a gentleman by the name of Jerry Robinson who has uh, somewhat disputed claims to the creation or at the very least maybe came up with the name and maybe the signature sort of gesture card that we we see not only in Batman the Animated Series but in a lot of adaptations of the Joker. But regardless, we have uh, two and a half to three men to thank <laughs> for the creation of this character. Of course, a big inspiration for that was... Uh, actor conrad veit in the movie the man who laughs which if you if you just google uh, if you just google conrad veit man who laughs you will immediately see 
<laughs> why that is. But uh, yeah, so back to this all the way back. In- br- briefly back to the, the creation of the character, as you mm-hmm. mentioned, uh, Bob Kane, n- of course, never known for stealing credit for something <laughs> that he didn't didn't create on his own. Yeah. <laughs> It's hard. It's hard to believe that he would he would take credit or not give credit to somebody for something that uh, that that uh, he was he was helped with as far as creating. So it of course, does, of doesn't doesn't seem too far out of left field that Mr. Robinson may may have uh, have a have a case here that could would uh, you know that a, that a jury jury would at least consider. <laughs> Absolutely, and so yeah, from there, 1940, the character would appear in dozens of dozens and hundreds and probably thousands of comic books since then as well as several live action appearances and tons of other animation appearances several live action movies all the way through to getting character getting its own his own movie in 2019 which uh, won the actor of that film Joaquin Phoenix an Oscar so yes suffice to say the Joker is Joker is almost has his own pop culture stratosphere that very few characters do absolutely it's amazing because because technically he's a character that's a supporting character or an antagonist to the main character of the story being batman but yet he's become so large in and of himself that he's his own franchise now (laughs) i was gonna say how many there are i don't think there are any other dc comics villains that have had their own movies I don't think that there are any Marvel comic movies that are Marvel comic characters. Uh, I guess you could argue that Venom is a, is a villain, but he's more of an anti-hero. Uh, but there's, there's, there's really, I don't think that you could come up with another villain that has carried his own movie feature length film. Uh, one that was, I believe Oscar nominated and uh, Oscar winning. So I, 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 mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- that's some pretty rare air there. He's he's a, p- a party of one, pretty much. Uh, is is, <laughs> is uh is is the Joker in that in that case? That's right, and so that brings uh, the the meat of this episode, which will be, of course, looking at every single appearance of the Joker in the first season of Batman the Animated Series. Um, we'll also speak, of course, about his voice actor, his theme, and how that informs the character as well. And then uh, towards the end, we might touch briefly on some some tie-in comics and uh, toys as well, though the majority will be saved for uh, a volume two, three, four. Uh, the Joker is one of those characters that's gonna it's gonna have a lot of volumes for these character spotlights. But kicking things off in production order, Cal, the first episode. Uh, produced featuring the Joker was the very second episode of the series, mm-hmm. that being Christmas with the Joker. It is uh, by many just an absolute classic considered by both of us, despite maybe some subpar animation. But uh, but it is it is one of those iconic episodes when people think fondly back on Batman the Animated Series. This is one of those episodes that usually comes up pretty quickly. 
Yep. And if you want to hear our thoughts on this episode, it's uh, way back at episode two of the podcast. But we also did a bonus episode where we actually did a a, uh, a live watch along with it, which you can play along with it if you ever are interested in hearing our, our real time thoughts with this. But yeah, Christmas with the Joker, while uh, maybe when you line it up against some of the all time great stories of Batman, the animated series doesn't uh, doesn't quite hold up. Uh, I think there are multiple factors that lead it to be uh, something that that holds a near and dear place to many a Batman the Animated Series fan, including us. Uh, it's uh, it's it's everything tied up with the nostalgic feelings, of course, of the holiday and uh, the amount of times that we watched this episode around the holidays or even off season, uh, having it on Warner Brothers home videos. So uh, it is a uh, it is an episode that uh, there are a lot of a lot of good Joker lines, I'd say, memorable lines. The animation, uh, as, of course, was done by Acom uh, Productions, not uh, not their strongest. They weren't a great animation mm-hmm. studio as as longtime listeners of the program would know so uh they're not going to win any awards for for great animation for the episode but some great storytelling and uh ultimately the a a good introduction to the joker character and one that uh that is legendary in a lot of people's minds just for the uh for the episode theme being around christmas of course jingle bells batman smell robin laid an egg the Batmobile lost the wheel and the Joker got away. <laughs> Crashing through the roof in a one-horse open tree. Busting out I go, laughing all the way. Absolutely, yeah. You get some, uh, yeah, just Joker in in the red, like Bing Cosby sweater, hosting his own holiday special. It's just one of those tremendous, quintessential uh, 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 Joker ideas. I think that uh, that worked for it, even if there is, as you said, sort of some some silliness to it with the giant robots and and rocket rocket propelled Christmas trees and things like that. That maybe don't fit in in some ways in the grounded world but yeah it's it's an absolute classic and it get certainly getting the character off the right the right foot there and uh from there we wouldn't have to wait very long as a joker has quite a few appearances right off the bat and his next one is just a couple episodes later in uh a very uh, a very famous episode i think to us mm-hmm. uh that being the last laugh uh, an episode which sees him uh pilot a garbage scowl uh covered in fumes of laughing gas through the city of uh of gotham gotham uh, thus creating mass hysteria and allowing him and his henchmen including a giant robot for some reason to uh to uh to rob the city blind even alfred is affected and batman of course must spring into action to save the day and and hey batman ends up fighting the joker and his henchmen in a junkyard to save the day so you know what's not to like in an episode like this 
Absolutely. And uh, if you want to hear our original review of that, you can check that out on episode four of the podcast. And then uh, not too uh, in the not too uh, recent past, we actually just covered re-reviewed it uh, with with Ted Kendrick of of Watchtower Database in episode 230. So we had a good time revisiting that episode uh, with Ted. But uh, yeah, that is an episode. I think the standout for that episode is is more of the soundtrack and uh, and Captain Clown. But uh, of course, the the line of the episode i think and one that was repeated well throughout our childhood and will go with me to my grave is uh is certainly you killed captain clown and uh the way that <laughs> the way that uh, that mark hamill brilliantly delivers that line you killed captain clown you killed captain clown just for that batman Hey, Batman! You sing so bad I can smell you from here! <laughs> <To> you! <laughs> We'll get into, of course, some of his his delivery of lines later on as we talk about him. But yeah, that that whole line there sort of just makes the entire episode doesn't make a whole lot of sense. His plan doesn't quite line up with logic. It's the Joker, though, so I guess it doesn't really have to make sense. But, <laughs> uh, there's a lot of back and forth of quips between Batman and Joker in that episode. And uh, there is some some great comedy. I love when he drops the pile of trash on Batman and he just talks about how how much he stinks and as he's riding away down <laughs> so there's some good memorable back and forth banter between Batman but of course once again as we mentioned uh, I think when we covered it with Ted uh, for two these first two episodes the Joker has to be saved from falling into some boiling <laughs> hot lava or fire uh, Batman has to rescue him in the end, and that's how he's how he's sort of foiled. So uh, there was a theme that was developed there in those early <laughs> episodes. Uh, there wasn't a whole lot of violence between Batman and and the Joker, but uh, they were still finding their footing, I guess. Absolutely, and uh, there's a couple more appearances in the, in the very early going here. One being a very brief appearance in a dream sequence in an episode called The Forgotten where an amnesiac Bruce Wayne has sort of a dream of his past. And as he's, uh, as he's looking around and sort of a there's one of the, the Bruce Wayne starts laughing maniacally and then transforms into the Joker. It's a fun sequence, but uh, we'll move on there to uh, be a clown, which is uh, another early episode of the series. And this one, the Joker is sort of incensed because Mayor Hill has the temerity to go on TV and actually compare Batman and the Joker together, saying that they're both uh, bad for the people of Gotham. And in fact, they're equally bad for the people of Gotham. There are just a few rotten apples giving an otherwise peaceful community a bad name. Do you include Batman in those rotten apples, Mayor? Absolutely. He and criminals like the Joker are cut from the same cloth. What? Compare me to Batman? I got more style, more brains. I'm certainly a better dresser. Furthermore, I intend to run every one of these costume freaks out of town and make all of Gotham City as safe as my own mansion. Oh, really? Well, 
We'll just see how safe your mansion is, you babbling bonehead. And so the Joker sets off to uh, to prove that wrong by <laughs> by posing as a birthday clown for Mayor Hill's 53-year-old son, uh, <laughs> Jordan, uh, with his receding hairline. Uh, no, but that's uh, but he he ends up uh, performing and he thinks he's gotten away after leaving a dynamite birthday cake. <laughs> but uh, but uh, little did he know, of course, he had a stowaway as Mayor Hill's son has decided that he wants to run away and become a magician. Uh, just like this, this fake persona that Joker has created, Jekko. And, uh, and so the Joker sets about sort of uh, perhaps molding the young man in his image. And of course, Batman has to show up at this abandoned amusement park to save them. It's, it's a very silly, simple, simplistic episode again. Uh, but, uh, but there's some fun to be had here. Yeah, there, there is some goofiness. I, again, I think a, a lot of it plays out in the maniacal aspect. We kind of, uh, we kind of get a little bit of the darker edge of the Joker in this episode. Obviously the fact that he uh, has these interactions, kids interacting with adult clowns is always creepy, right? That's it's the premise of so many horror movies and things that are just, that's <laughs> just designed to make your skin crawl. So the, the scene that once, once that Jordan is in imminent danger and doesn't realize it, uh, already kind of gets the your skin crawling in that in that direction, but then I I love the the maniacal twist that uh, that the interaction between Jordan and the Joker once Batman is captured and put into this dunk tank where he's basically about to be drowned, uh, and the Joker has this conversation with Jordan who's like, "You're gonna kill him. He's gonna die." And Joker's like, yeah, that's the point. And you <laughs> you get that reveal of just how like what a what an evil clown. Like it's not just goofiness and you know tying people up in presents or you know dropping trash on people anymore. He's he's actually quite evil. Like it's it's mm-hmm. he's bad. He's a bad man. Um, so I I love that aspect of the of the character and that that um you know, that that is sort of begins to unravel there. You get to see a little bit more of the killer versus the comedian in that, uh, in that episode specifically. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good way to look at it. It definitely takes a, a sinister turn towards that, that third act there. So that's a good point and kind of, at least in production or the first time we're really seeing Joker. So that's a, that's a, that's a good point there. Uh, you can check out that episode. I'll by the way. Just because... You can check out that episode if you want to hear our original view on episode nine of the program. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a, that's a really good point there of, uh, of what uh, of a fun little wrinkle there to see the the first time we see the more sinister side of the Joker in that episode. Uh, moving there, I will mention this because I feel like this is one of those things. If I don't mention, somebody will pedantically mention it to me he's on a poster in the background of i've got batman in my basement there we are we mentioned it (laughs) uh yeah sure that's a that's that's some dcau wiki trivia for you right there Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and uh and from there we'll move on to an actual really fun episode to talk about that being joker's favor um, which obviously maybe now is best known as a, a trivia question because it happens to feature the first appearance of Harley Quinn, who would become, you know, not only an important character to the Joker's uh, story, but then her own character in her own right. But this episode as it stands, 
such a great like a great character study of the Joker where he has like a where this this regular old guy has a a road rage incident and accidentally runs afoul of the Joker and the Joker keeps him under his thumb thumb sweating for five years <laughs> all just so he can bring him in to open a door for a cake to, <laughs> to slide through a door <laughs> Man, she can't open the door and push it in all at once. Think. <laughs> it yes, it does lead as mentioned as uh, as we have talked about several times on the show to one of the great uh, one of the great line deliveries from uh, from Mark Hamill when he <laughs> when he tells when he uh, when he when he shouts, "Look at the size of that cake, man!" to uh, to Mister Conway. But of course, then there's the second reveal, which is once he hold, he pulls the handle to open the door he's been super glued to the handle because uh, the joker isn't going to let him go and he isn't letting bygones be bygones as he claimed he would and in fact he's going to kill him all because this guy yelled at him <laughs> during uh during a uh, a rage incident five years prior so it's just like a great a great joker uh character study i think of just how cruel and manipulative and 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 like and petty this man can be that was you took the word right out of my mouth it's like the joker is that petty truly he will (laughs) hold a grudge for five years over somebody that fake cussed him out um and and chase him down through witness protection all of that like all of that happens changing names all of that happens uh and he still tracks him down in order to 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 pay off this grudge or attempt to pay off this grudge. Of course, Batman is, uh, is able to save the day prior to the Joker getting uh, his sweet revenge. But uh, yeah, it is, it is a fun episode. Gr- everything about that episode is great. The animation is, is solid. The music, the soundtrack for literally your dumpy overweight balding character is, is a, a piece of art. Um, and then, it, you know, the, the comedy and, and again, you get more of the you get a lot of comedy in this episode because you get the Joker just being goofy and having goofy one liners. And, um, you know, as we said, that maybe the funniest line in, in DCAU history. Uh, but then you get the payoff is no, he's actually a sinister killer. Like this is who he is. Like he's <laughs> going, he is going to kill you and enjoy it uh, because you, you shook your fist at him out the window one time after, after he <laughs> cut you off. Um, so yeah, it's, 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 uh, a, a great way. I, you know, I love the idea. It's a, it's a character study, as you said, it's, yeah, it's a, it's a great way of a showcase of, of his comedy, his, his pettiness and his, uh, his sinister nature all rolled into one episode with this, <laughs> this no name character, Charlie. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's such tremendous, tremendous job again, as you said, of capturing all facets of this character and how that character can be all of those things uh within one episode is 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 pretty fantastic there and that's certainly on display in joker's favor uh, his next appearance is a very minor one in a uh, somewhat uh maligned episode at least on this show that being fear of victory um uh, dollar in the bad episode jar <laughs> but uh, i will mention i will mention this the only reason i want to talk about the scene is the there's an image that is like one of the most, I think, remembered images of the Joker. 
from this series comes from this episode, which is Batman and Robin are in Arkham Asylum looking for Scarecrow, and he walk and and jo- and he walks past face and ivy and joker cell and we see the shot of the joker and he he pulls out a joker card and he kind of looks into the camera while he's holding up the card and you'll that that shot is uh is pretty iconic and it comes from this random scarecrow episode that he's barely in but uh, <laughs> i thought that was worth noting for that reason if you want to hear and, us uh, tear from... that tear that episode apart, <laughs> that's uh, that's episode thirty eight of the podcast. Joker's favor is episode thirty six in the archives. But uh, yeah, that fear of victory not one of those episodes that uh, we we sometimes sit back and scratch our heads. A lot of people like that episode. It is not mm-hmm. when when you look at it through a critical lens. I struggle to we struggled to find a reason to to like the episode but uh you know some people like chocolate some people like vanilla some people like you know garbage i guess i don't know (laughs) (laughs) i kid of course yes that's right but uh worth mentioning there and then just a couple episodes later another scarecrow episode uh features another yet another dream sequence cameo or fear fear toxin induced uh as Batman is uh, deep in the bowels underneath of Arkham Asylum looking to stop Scarecrow from poisoning the water supply. And as he is uh, making his way through these caverns underneath the asylum, he has visions of not only a Robin and Alfred, but also pretty much every one of his major rogues gallery. And of course, we get this, this pretty fun sequence where a rat slowly transforms into the Joker and then the Joker transforms into the other villains from there but it's a, it's a very trippy sequence but uh, that that jo- that rat with the joker face is pretty iconic i think <laughs> yeah that was a that's a it's a very odd scene for sure but it is certainly a, a memorable one for all of those unique visuals and fun that the animation team had of of sort of morphing those things into uh into the rogues gallery absolutely and uh, and up next in our our list here would be Whew, what an all-time classic based on a couple of, of, of classic comic books kind of rolled into one story and written by none other than the legendary Paul Dini. Say, Mom, wondering what to feed the family tonight? What'll I feed the family tonight? Arr, try me famous joker fish. They're smiling smelt, giggling grouper, and happy haddock. This could cause a stampede to pork. Yummy, yum, yum. Eat it. Uh, Mr. J, I have this little problem with fish. Yummy, yum, yum. Yes, friends, that's joker fish. <laughs> Tasty, tempting, and of course, naturally low in cholesterol. Coming to your local store. Just as soon as that nasty old Mr. G. Carl Francis decides to give me my legal cut of the province. We have the laughing fish, which is just, again, another brilliant character study where... (laughs) The Joker, the Joker decides to poison all of the fish in Gotham, like you do, <laughs> with with his Joker toxin. Figures out a way to give every fish in Gotham this hideous yellow and yellow grin, 
And uh, and then what do you do once you've done that? The whole ransom? Do you poison the fish? No, you head over to the copyright office <laughs> and demand they give you a nickel for every fish sold in Gotham City. Oh man, what a what a tremendous episode! By the way, episode eighty one of the podcast. Um, this episode is in our podcast history in rarefied air because it is one of the very few that has a perfect 40 out of 40 score from one of us uh it was mm-hmm. a it was a top pick for both of us which means any anything that totals over 36 and above uh, we count as top picks this was a 40 out of 40 for me 38 out of 40 for you uh so both both of us really enjoyed this episode there's so much to love about this classic uh you know paul dini humor some great uh some great comedy that occurs from the joker great one-liners great acting uh some just absolutely ridiculous joker stuff of course as you mentioned the idea you know he's <laughs> you're so used to having these grandiose like city defi- you know city ending or not not city ending but city of, uh, affecting the entire city world ending plots <laughs> that the joker is behind and in this one it, he just wants a, he just wants money like he just wants to he just <laughs> wants to make money off of his off of his personal appearance um which is just so funny it's just so funny and, and then basically makes it his mission in life to terrorize random clerk at the uh at the copyright office when he tries to explain that no one can copyright fish because they're an animal <laughs> and no one gets to copyright animals so good. and so he goes on he goes on television <laughs> to uh to terrorize him and threaten him he poisons you know he poisons a cat to attack was it the governor or someone in that episode? Like, there's a lot of weird, uh, weird, weird things in that episode that the Joker does. But and also, it's it's a great bit because you have you have Joker interacting with this sort of very sheepish uh, copyright clerk. You have some great back and forth with uh, with him and Harley in that episode, including her him making her eat fish, even though she hates it, and as it well culminates as sticking with, her in- with Batman riding a shark. <laughs> Yes, yes. Bullock, Bullock is, is, is he gets some great interactions with uh, Bullock too. It's just a great episode. The bit where yes, where where Bullock and Batman are in the water and and Gordon or and Joker throws the the hunk of of raw meat into it, or <laughs> uh, he gives it to Bullock and shoves him into the water with Batman and this shark. And then we just keep cutting back from the action, the underwater superhero action. But then we'll just cut up and we'll just see Joker looking and pointing and laughing at whatever's <laughs> happening in the water. Like, it's such a great bit. Like, it's almost a Looney Tunes cartoon. Mm-hmm. And then to end that episode, we actually get one of the more violent fights, I think, in uh-huh. the in the whole, at least this whole first season where... The Joker, not only is there some fisticuffs, but the Joker's wailing on Batman with a wrench and and we get some some pretty some pretty visceral physical violence in this episode. So again, as, as a lot of uh, as maybe is in common with a lot of these episodes that we're praising in this list so far, it's it's a good uh, it's a good way of showing the dichotomy of how how silly this character could be, but also showing how how vicious and mean and, and vindictive he could be at the same time. So just an absolute masterpiece and definitely another one of the the short list of episodes that I think people anyone that's watched the series will probably end up mentioning uh, mentioning this episode. 
Yeah, it's it's an all time great. Um, I think it's when all is said and done and we've we've done a review of each of these episodes. I think that's uh, that's going to be one of the ones that really stands out as just an it's an all time great. It's a it's a great another great Joker episode, too. If you just want if you were just showing somebody like the highlights of the Joker, I think that's that's definitely in discussion for for at least at least top five, if not top two. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, just, yeah, just a stone cold classic there. And uh, moving right along from there, we had uh, an episode not too long, not too long later in the series featuring not only the Joker, but uh, him, Two-Face and Penguin arriving to bid on the secret identity of Batman. That of course being in the episode, the strange secret of Bruce Wayne, we don't get a lot of a Joker in this episode, but just the the general idea of it is a fun one with this evil psychiatrist uh, discovering Batman's secret and and the way that uh, Batman's kind of working to outsmart him while also having to deal with sort of three of his, his greatest rogues at the same time. It's a fun one. 500,000. Poof. Chicken feed. I'll bid a million. Two million. I have two million. Do I hear three? Hold it, hold it, hold it! Get out of my face, clown! Which one? Gentlemen, it behooves us not to fight amongst ourselves. Well put, Sardine Breath. I think we should pool our resources on this. 51,240,685 dollars! Yeah, I think we get the joke. Isn't that where the Joker pilots the plane? Also, we get him in like a pilot jacket, pilot hat. Also, yeah, like the the bomber jacket. Yeah, and the scarf. (laughs) So, so good. Yeah, there's some good interactions uh, between him. Any time that the that you get multiple villains interacting, I think on the show is fun. Uh, This one was particularly funny because you had Two Face and the Joker and the Penguin. All, all interacting together with the with Doctor Hugo Strange. So you, there's some some subtle comedy there, some interactive comedy that you don't typically get. Characters playing off of one another, and then, uh, as I mentioned at the end, we get uh, we get some some Joker again, his sinister side. Once he realizes that Hugo Strange is trying to to take off with the money, uh, that uh, he he's going to enact some revenge against uh, against Doctor Strange at that point. So, uh, yeah, that's. Uh, uh, that's episode 91. If you want to check out our review of that one in the archives, that was a, uh, a double feature with the cat scratch fever. So you might, if you're only interested in that part, you, <laughs> which I, I don't blame you, you might want to fast forward halfway through it. But uh, yeah, that's a, that not a ton of Joker in that episode, but the little bit that you get is certainly uh, plenty of fun. Absolutely. And, uh, and from there we move on to another memorable episode, though one that is, if memory served, let down by the animation studio that produced it. It's the episode Joker's Wild, which uh, features a very memorable plot where a, a casino is opened in Gotham City based on the Joker. There's uh, there's Joker uh, statues and and uh, a Joker mobile and all of the the waitresses and and card sharks are dressed like the Joker and Harley Quinn and. And uh, the Joker is so furious that, again, <laughs> he's a very profit-driven man, as we kept to find out <laughs> across these episodes. And he is furious at the idea that 
this random casino tycoon is making money off of his good name. And so he does what anyone would do, which is break out of Arkham Asylum and go about planning on blowing up the casino on opening night and killing everyone inside, uh, only to find out, thanks to Batman alerting him to it, that uh, that that's sort of the plan all along, as uh, casinos tend to be money losers sometimes, and and uh, and this 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 one has been set up for the Joker to destroy, so that uh, they can they can collect the insurance money, which sort of sets up a a final confrontation between Joker and the and the uh, the casino's owner. Uh, in a helicopter that also, of course, involves Batman. But it's it's a very fun idea for an episode. And other than the visuals, it's it is a fun episode. But it's uh, I think maybe the most memorable thing is the 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 Joker Tower that's doing like the robot laugh and spinning around. Yeah, there's a uh, I I think I think as a kid I remember really liking this because the idea of a Joker themed casino like not really fully grasping what a casino is but realizing mm-hmm. that like everybody in the casino is either dressed like him or Harley there's Joker slot machines there's this Joker mobile that didn't exist um so you have all this this Joker themed stuff and not quite connecting the dots maybe as a kid what what the whole plot was or ins- again uh, the whole plot revolves around insurance fraud that's what that's essentially what we're what we're mm-hmm. revolving this episode around for a, for a 22 minute kids cartoon go figure uh, but yeah it's uh it, looking back at it there's there's a lot of visuals to enjoy but the animation ends up letting it down a little bit for the episode uh but yeah i think i think the the best one of the best gimmicks is when he puts batman on the giant joker poker it's like a roulette wheel mm-hmm. um and uh throws a grenade in there there's that's a great bit and then um i i think once the interaction between joker and the casino's owner once he realizes that he's been had and this is all a scam and a scheme to get him to to blow it up is uh is a is a fun interaction because it's you're watching this smarmy you know guy that's doesn't care about the people that are likely going to lose their lives in this explosion, get his comeuppance, but it's not from Batman. It's from the Joker. So you're kind of conflicted. It's like, ah, this guy deserves it, but also the Joker is going to kill this guy. We know that's not the way. So (laughs) get me out of here now. Yes, sir. What happened? Some clowns jumped me and grabbed my copter. Mr. Kaiser's up there. What are you circling for, you fool? It was a scheme worthy of me, Kaiser. The way you got me riled up and turned me loose on this place. You... You were supposed to destroy the casino. Yeah, but then I realized it'd be more fun to get rid of you and run the show myself. But but you can't! Oh, please, Mr. Kaiser. You of all people should have realized there'd be a joker in the deck. (laughs) Why can't he ever stay dead? 
the fact that Batman swoops in, everybody gets their comeuppance and everybody gets taken care of is in, in the end, of course, is, is the, is the, uh, is the good part of it. But yeah, that's a, it's a good, good showcase for the Joker. And there's, there's actually some good Joker and poison Ivy interactions in that episode. Yes. So that take place in Arkham uh, that uh, that are that kind of set up his relationship with Ivy uh, for the rest of the the rest of the series, of course, is, is them being sort of rivals for not only for Harley's affections, but just generally not liking each other. <laughs> yeah, we set up a really fun dynamic there. And uh, you you mentioned it. It's it's always fun to see uh, to see Gotham's rogues interact and. And that was uh, on display in probably no more uh, no more perfect episode uh, to speak about than maybe maybe the most iconic episode of this series. Uh, that being, of course, almost got him where we have uh, Joker, Poison Ivy, Two-Face, uh, Batman disguises Killer Croc and the Penguin all sitting around a poker table sharing stories of how they almost killed Batman. I want a nice clean game, gentlemen. That'll be a first. So I hear you know who nailed the Mad Hatter last week. No kidding. He sure gets around for one guy. Yeah, well, that's where you're wrong. I don't think it is one guy. Huh? Well, I figure it. Gordon's got a bunch of them stashed someplace like a SWAT team. He wants you to think it's one guy, but... Eh, you're always seeing double. It's obvious our cape friend suffered some crime-related trauma when he was younger. Perhaps an over-anxious mugger blew off a piece of his face. Sure. He could be all gross and disgusting under that mask. Uh, no offense, Harv. Just deal. Well, you know what I think? Not the robot theory again. Well, he could be. Hello, boys. And, uh, and the Joker kind of gets the, the biggest share of uh, the time. It's only 22 minutes long, so these little vignettes are pretty short. But you get uh, the Joker gets a, a very fun segment where he sort of does like the an evil Johnny Carson talk show <laughs> segment. Uh, and uh, complete with having Batman strapped to an electric chair, which is powered by laughter as he uh, as he and Harley pump laughing gas into the studio audience. And, uh, and of course, though, he is thwarted by Catwoman. Uh, that sort of sets up the end of the episode for Batman to have a confrontation with Harley to, to save Catwoman. Uh, the Joker uh, in that episode. And, and again, it's just so much fun seeing all these characters interact. Little bits there where he's where he's uh, like peering over uh, Two-Face's shoulder. And then you see him slyly look down at, at Two-Face's cards and back up. Like there's so many <laughs> little flourishes or what they, they have these sort of POV shots where they're showing everyone's hands and, uh, and their various cards. And you see the Joker just pull, literally pull a card out from his sleeve and into his hand. Like there's just some, some really subtle, funny stuff that the Joker does in this episode. And then, as we mentioned, just a ridiculous, you know, late night talk show parody where he's got Batman strapped into an electric chair. Like it's 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 such a hoot. 
Yeah, so many of the stories, by the way, you can check out this review. Uh, we did it with best friend of the show, Monica Kubina, back on episode 131 of the podcast. Well worth a listen there because you get not only our, our full breakdown and Monica gives her own scorecard for the episode, but uh, just some great insight for Monica on, on artistic choices and colors and all that stuff. It was it's a, it's a great listen. If you haven't checked it out, definitely worth, uh, worth a listen in the archives. But yeah, so much fun about that episode is even though the Joker isn't the center, uh, he isn't the central figure because you have almost, I think two of the stories take up the majority of the runtime, the Penguin story, the Two-Face story, those take up a a pretty big chunk of the runtime. Even Mm -hmm. the Poison Ivy story adds adds some more stuff in there. So the Joker storyline, while... Um, you know, it is it is maybe the most interesting visually because it's all done in black and white, which is which is a, a fascinating choice that they made. Um, and and it's it's not he doesn't quite get comeuppance at the end because uh, Batman is able to escape with the help of Catwoman. But we don't really see what happens at the end there. Um, the Joker does as add his two cents to everybody's story. He makes sure that you don't forget that he's sitting at this poker table. Um, <laughs> so you get lines, as you mentioned, the the little subtle things that they did, you know, they peer over the shoulder and you can see what cards he has in his hand. And then they cut away and they cut back and he has different cards in his hands <laughs> after he's looked at, at two faces hand, as you mentioned, uh, is, is just little subtle artistic things that they chose to do to just, uh, to make you laugh. Uh, and, and he's got some great one-liners even, even uh, once, once the police reveal themselves to be, to be, uh, to be in the room there with him, uh, you get, he gives the line, you know, is it something I said um, <laughs> as, as they've all pulled their guns on him? So yeah, it's a, it's, it's a memorable episode by itself, but of course you couldn't have a round table poker game of, of Batman villains without his, his main, his main adversary. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a great, it's a great episode. And there's even a fun little uh, meta line in there about uh Joker kind of scoffs at poison. Ivy using exploding pumpkins, which is a, <laughs> it's a good little meta meta bit of commentary there, of course, because Mark Hamill also provided the, provided the voice of the hobgoblin in the spider-man animated series that was running on uh, on fox kids at the same time so a lot of a lot of fun like i said it's it's not a, a super joker centric episode but uh, there's a lot of nice little flourishes and bits in there uh, if you if you're paying attention and uh, and from there speaking of, a, of an episode that he is not the star of but he undoubtedly steals the show um the Joker appears in, in really just one one scene in uh, in the episode "The Man Who Killed Batman," another another Paul Dini written episode. Uh, but my goodness, it's 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 Mark Hamill's favorite scene he ever performed as the Joker. If that tells you anything, where is he? He's never been this late before. There's a certain rhythm to these things. I cause trouble, he shows up. We have some laughs and the game starts all over again. Only now, thanks to you, I have this terrible feeling he's really not coming. Wee, look at all the pretties. Put them back, honey. Oh, Mr. J, you're such a kidder. You never could... I said put them back! Ah! Ah! Sure, boss, I can do that. This is me putting them back. No problema. 
Without Batman, crime has no punchline. As uh, as this sort of uh, this no no name uh, low level uh, mob grunt accidentally seemingly has offed Batman in, a, in an accidental explosion, and uh, begins to build a reputation for himself. The Joker uh, runs afoul of him and uh, and decides he's going to have a eulogy for Batman as he he brings the cape and cowl and puts it in a coffin with a kick me sign. And then uh, decides to eulogize Batman in uh, in a way that uh, in a way that only the Joker can. Dear friends, today is the day the clown cried. <laughs> and he cries not for the passing of one man, but for the death of a dream. The dream that he would someday taste the ultimate victory over his hated enemy. For it was the Batman who made me the happy soul I am today. How I agonized over the perfect way to thank him for that. Perhaps with a cyanide pie in the face. Exploding whoopee cushion playfully planted in the Batmobile. <laughs> but those dreams were dashed by the weasley little gunsel sitting there in our midst. The cowardly, insignificant Garnet who probably got lucky when Batman slipped on the slime trail this loser left behind him. This mound of diseased hyena filth who's not fit to lick the dirt from my spats! But I digress. The time for sorrow has passed. It's time to look ahead to a future filled with smiles. And I'll be smiling again just as soon as we take that man there and slap him in that box there and roll it into that vat of acid there! As we get maybe maybe the gosh it's it's so hard to pick a single line that's the best but I don't know there's ever been a better Joker line written at least in in animation than without Batman crime has no punchline. Yeah, it's it's I mean as you said Mark Hamill picked that as his favorite line of all time. So who are we to who are we to argue with the man who voiced the Joker himself? I mean that's seems sacrilegious almost that we that we dare question his uh his choice <laughs> of lines there. It is a really good one. It's um you know that that episode which you can hear our review on episode 152 of our podcast. Uh it's in our top pick section. Um it's a it's a fun episode for a lot of reasons. Um it's another one of those goofy goofy off the wall things that you don't necessarily see coming as a, as maybe as a top pick, but it's just universally loved. It's there's some humor to it. Uh, the silliness of it, the way that the story is told, uh, the fact that the Joker does take a back seat isn't the main focus of it, uh, adds to sort of the credibility of this this goofball, no name, low level thug being the <laughs> one to finally kill Batman, the one to to off the person that that uh, that all of these these big bads were trying to do for years. <laughs> so it, yeah, and and the <laughs> I think 
I think what makes the Joker's appearance even better is is not just the fact that he has this, you know, this fake this fake funeral for Batman and and eulogizes him and has to pretend like he's sad in a way is sad that Batman is is no longer there to to be his foil, but the fact that he's going to exact revenge on Sid the Squid for being the man that <laughs> killed Batman because he doesn't he doesn't actually want Batman dead like without Batman dead <laughs> there's no one else to to foil his plans he needs Batman so he's going to take out that that uh that that grudge against that he he's now holding against Sid the Squid on him by trying to kill him and throw him in the coffin that he's is headed towards this this at, uh vile or a uh, big tub of acid so yeah it's a uh, it's a fun episode and uh, i think punctuated by the fact that uh, we have we have taps being played on a kazoo by harley quinn as we talked about <laughs> uh, a couple of times before and then once the uh once the <laughs> Once the the casket finally hits the acid, we get the classic line. Well, that was fun. Who's for Chinese? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, it's it's an amazing it's an amazing uh, episode. And like I said, just a a total scene stealer, even though it's not not his episode. It ends up being one of the more iconic in the series. And uh, speaking of iconic episodes of the series, we uh, his next appearance would be in. Uh, one we talked about not too long ago, Harley and Ivy, um, which is, of course, more famous for being the the first pairing of of Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy. And they're the sort of establishing that Thelma and Louise style uh, crime spree that they go on together, but uh, playing sort of a supporting role in that episode of sort of this uh, this hapless. He's, he's like walking around in his underwear, wondering who why ha- the hyenas haven't been fed once Harley's gone and. And then, of course, he's he's so uh, upset when he sees how much she's thriving without him and can't bring himself to admit that he needs her. So he sort of tricks her into uh, thinking again that she needs him. It's you know, it's it's toxic relationships 101 here, but it's a it's a fun kind of see the Joker not be the the master manipulator here. And in fact, kind of be out of his depth and, and outclassed a little bit by by Harley and Ivy in this episode and him being kind of the the divorced dad in this episode. <laughs> yeah, there is uh there is some good, some good, uh, a good showcase of that dynamic. We get, uh, we get a little bit more of the, the aforementioned Joker and Ivy uh, rivalry continuing here. I think it's also the first episode where we really truly start to explore the, deni- uh, the, the unhealthy, uh, toxic dynamic between the Joker and Harley. Keep in mind, you know, Mad Love, while it had been a, a celebrated comic book at this point, a Batman Adventures annual one-off type of uh, issue, wasn't necessarily canon, hadn't been really brought into the actual mm-hmm. show yet. So this episode really begins to kind of peel back those layers and show you he's 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 an abusive partner for for harley harley doesn't quite harley doesn't quite get it see it ivy starts to kind of open her eyes to this and have her recognize and realize what an abusive person he is and him instead of being uh, as the as a uh as a as a perfect um 
reflection of a of an unhealthy relationship of a toxic relationship instead of him being all right well she's moved on he of course needs her uh, so he tries he has to bring her back in so that he can lord this control over her so that he can continue to manipulate her so we get mm-hmm. we get some great showcase uh, or a, a initial showcase here of that uh, of that dynamic. So we, we peel back the layer of the Joker. He's not just this homicidal uh, maniac. He's not just this comedian. He also has this toxicity and this toxic relationship that we start to establish between him and Harley that is going to play out through the end of the, 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 the initial run of the animated series and then into the new Batman adventures when we finally do bring that mad love story uh, into the actual, into the actual show. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a great point to, to uh, say, this is really the first on screen representation. You know, Harley's just kind of been the, the sidekick or the hench henchwoman to this point. So to actually sort of establish the dynamic and begin to to understand what it is that this relationship is and how he manipulates her and kind of controls her and how capable Harley could be on her own or with someone else. It's, it's, it's a great bit there. And as, as you mentioned, this predates the televised version of mad love. So this is a pretty big moment for, for a lot of different ways for, for this character. And of course for Harley as well. Uh, yep, so if you it's, want, it's a big one too. Uh, yeah, if you want to check out that episode, sorry, if you want to check that uh, review from ours, it was uh, one episode one seventy nine in the archives. But uh, yeah, it's a, it's definitely an important one if you're looking back and trying to kind of figure out when they first started delving into that that relational and and again also the the relationship between Joker and Ivy and Harley and Ivy, mm-hmm. all of that sort of begins to start get muddied in this uh, in this episode. My, haven't you been the busy little bees? Put. You were out, so we just made ourselves at home. Hope you don't mind. You found me! So much for self-esteem. I hope you realize we're on a toxic waste dump. I'd say you've got ten minutes to clear out before the fumes do you in. <coughs> She's right, boss. I'm feeling kind of sick. Hold it in, Rocco. I'm only staying long enough to collect what's mine. Hey! That's ours, you louse. Oh, Pammy, I wouldn't leave you empty-handed. Since you like flowers so much. I'll put no! You can have mine! It doesn't work on me. Absolutely, and that's uh, that's really Joker's last big appearance for the uh, the first season. We do have a couple of more uh, minor uh, cameos, if you will. Uh, first being in the end of the Maxi Zeus episode, "Fire from Olympus." As uh, as Maxi is being led into Arkham Asylum at the end of the episode, he sort of is remarking how he's he's convinced himself that all of the uh, the criminals of Gotham are are various gods and goddesses of uh, of, of Greek mythology and and we we see the Joker uh, face pressed against the glass as he as he rolls by so there's a fun little cameo there 
And then uh, in the very last episode of these first 65, that being uh, The Worry Men, which is, of course, a, a Mad Hatter themed episode. Uh, but we get this section where Batman is sort of attacked by robots and puppets that look like various members of his rogues gallery and none perhaps more striking than the combination of a Harley Quinn marionette wielding a knife and a giant Joker in the box uh, with a giant sledgehammer uh, coming down on Batman as well. So fun sequences there, even if they are minor, but uh, yeah, as we, as we wrap up the episodes portion of this, it's, it's suffice to say, I mean, these are, how many of these episodes that we just talked about did we say, oh, well, that's one of the most iconic. That's one of the most iconic. That's one of the ones people talk about when they talk about why they love this series and why they talk about when they, why they love the DCAU. Uh, suffice to say, unsurprisingly, like we said at the start of the show, that's why we picked him as as the, the character for our, our 250th episode. But gosh, it's almost staggering what uh, what... <laughs> Again, and how how do you use a character that many times as we've just gone over and not have it be boring and not having the old hat and not have it be a roll your eyes? Oh, gosh, it's another Joker episode. And again, that, that's a credit to, to Paul Dini and Michael Reeves and Alan Burnett and Bruce Tim and Eric Rodomsky and all the other great you know writers and producers and, and directors who worked on the series. Uh, but yeah, it's, just, it's it's amazing how many times a character like this, even an iconic villain like like the Joker, because if you look around and, and we'll get to their character spotlight someday. But if you look around at Penguin or Riddler or even Catwoman, their their number of appearances is not nearly as high. There's really no other character, no other villain in the DCAU who appears as many times as the Joker has. So the fact that they're able to come at it so with so many fresh ideas, it's really just a testament to the the people that were working on the show at the time. Yeah, I they they worked a, a great balance between overusing the character, overexposing the character. As you mentioned, you know, there's um I, I think maybe our initial thought when we started the podcast was like, man, we have a lot of Joker already. It's eight episodes in or nine episodes in, and mm -hmm. we're on our third Joker episode already. Uh, but they, they did a great job of sort of spacing it out for the rest of the, ep of the, of at least, at least the first season and the second season, he doesn't have a, a ton in the second season, but uh, yeah, mm -hmm. I think, I think they ultimately did a, did a great job of knowing when to use him. There weren't things that were repeated, you know, it didn't, it doesn't feel like, um, you know, we're we're watching the same same character over and over and over again, do the same things over and over again. Obviously, as you mentioned, that's a credit to the writing. That's a credit to the the directors of these shows, the the Dan Rebas and the the Bruce Timms and the Paul Dini's and the people that were responsible, you know, for making sure that these episodes felt different. Uh, but if you think about it, every one of those episodes that we talked about as a great episode has a different I feel like it's a different dynamic of that Joker personality. So you may have one episode that does focus on that, that comedy aspect, that goofiness, that silliness uh, you have with, with a slight edge. And then you have another episode that features more on the darker side of the character, um, but still has those comedy elements sprinkled in. So they did a great job of making sure that every episode wasn't silly. Every episode didn't have the same tone. And because of that, 
it makes those appearances feel unique each time he pops up. So yeah, no big surprise that we're, we're saying that, you know, these, these are good. These, these episodes are good. <laughs> uh, but I, I think if you, if you examine them closer and look at why are they good, why do they feel unique? Why were they able to feel fresh and not overused and not, boring or a rehash um it's it's a credit certainly to the the approach that each writer each director had with each story and saying okay well we focused on this dynamic the last time we're going to use them in this area this time or we're going to use them as a cameo or we're going to use them in a bit part as a supporting character um and and because of that sort of he's sort of like the swiss army knife of that that first season he's used Mm, in a bunch of different ways um, has a bunch of different functions. Um, you know, we didn't even talk about because it's. Te- I guess it's technically not. It's m- closer in the second second season. Um, and when we do later volumes or what have you, we'll we'll probably touch it on in depth then. But how he's used in the the Mask of the Phantasm movie, where he mm-hmm. is a, he's a supporting character in that too. He's featured in it. A lot of people think about that movie. Oh yeah, the Joker's in that movie. But if He's not he's not the main focus in it. So the fact that mm-hmm. the writers knew when to use him, how to use him effectively um, is a testament to the the people that were responsible for this show. So uh, kudos to them. Kudos to some great writers who who deserve every every kudo that they get from us on, on a regular basis. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, those kudos uh, reserved are not just reserved for the, the writers and producers and directors. But we would be remiss not to talk about, of course, uh, first the music of the Joker, the iconic Joker theme, which is, uh, uh, you know, heard from his very earliest appearances, uh, written by and composed by uh, Shirley Walker herself. And then uh, like the Batman theme, being that he is kind of the other side of the coin to Batman in the series, you can play it in a variety of ways it's played very silly and happy and almost on xylophones almost like a looney tune soundtrack sometimes and then other times you get it brought in in this more you know these deeper strings and it's played more ominously and and all the way through to where you hear it like uh, as mentioned in in the talk show segment of almost got him it's played like this big band (laughs) like uh you know paul schaefer band uh you know soundtrack to uh to the talk show like the, the the versatility of the joker theme and of course, the the greatness of, of Miss Shirley Walker and Michael McQuiston, the leader at Manus, and, uh, and some of the other great composers who worked on this original series, just uh, just unbelievable. And it's one of those those uh, iconic pieces of music from the show. Yeah, it, it's another thing that I think that makes the character the character. Um, it makes the character mm-hmm. stand out. You know, I I don't. It's hard to go back and t- you know. It's hard to imagine what would the what would this show be like without the music. We've talked about it every single Batman the Animated Series episode that we've reviewed. The series would not be the series without the music. These characters, though, when it comes to specific character themes, it adds something to who the characters are. I because I grew up watching these shows, and because you grew up watching these shows those characters are synonymous with a an audiophile a sound there's a specific sound as much as the voice is associated with them the soundtrack is equally associated with them batman the batman the character 
you and I can associate that Batman, the animated series character with that bat theme with that Batman, Shirley Walker, Batman theme. The Joker is no exception. It is, it is his theme. It does. It goes with him. It's hand in hand. It's poetry. It works together. It's Jordan and Pippin. It's, you know, it's Mm -hmm. whatever other combination you want to, you want to use. It's, it's peanut butter and jelly. It has to, it goes together. It works together and it makes the other, the other thing better. So I think it enhances who the character is. As you mentioned, that theme in particular, the different ways that they were able to use it, whether it's a, a transition into a scene, thinking about the, the last laugh, they use it sort of as a transition into a scene as you see this weather balloon floating past. And that, as you mentioned, the big band from the, the almost got him. Uh, I think we get, we may even get some like organ type played later on in, in the, mm-hmm. uh, the, in, in uh, the man who killed Batman. Um, you know, you get, you get a, just that theme played in a variety of ways also changes with the, the, the theme of the character, you know, depending on what mood the character's in, what, what, uh, as we mentioned, what, what, uh, character trait they're sort of featuring for that episode or in those moments, it changes with them sinister or goofy or happy or, you know, it's, it's, it's just an incredible piece. And, and, um, and, the the composers that, that wrote these pieces around that specific theme, uh, did their best to, to, leave their mark and enhance the character that we were seeing on TV. So yeah, it's a, it's an incredible piece. Uh, the whether it's no matter which way it was played for the, for the series, the character would not be the character without that theme. So it's a, it's a pretty important piece to say the least. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just, uh, wouldn't would be remiss not to at least mention the, uh, as we do every week, it's one of the reasons that, music gets its own category on our on our show every week is is because of how much it can add to an episode and to a character in this case so definitely wanted to give them a shout out and then uh, as promised earlier on we will of course have to talk about the voice actor behind the role of the dcau's joker of course doesn't just voice him in this series goes on to voice him in superman and justice league batman beyond uh, and uh, quite a few other non-main DCAU video games and uh, and, uh, and other cartoons and, and animated films and things as well. Uh, it's it's Mark Hamill, uh, a little-known actor uh, <laughs> from uh, from from California. No, it's it's uh, well, I guess it would be it would be remiss as we've spoken about several times before. But since we're talking about uh, this this first season, this Joker spotlight. Uh, Mark Hamill was not the original voice of the Joker. The original voice of the Joker was none other than uh, of Rocky Horror Picture Show fame, Tim Curry, uh, who had completed a few episodes. Uh, and there's actually audio that exists we, uh, that we've, we've played before on the show of, uh, of some of his takes on some of those very early, uh, early produced Joker episodes. You want to drop a line um, right here? You want to want to drop a little bit of it in right, right now? Why don't we do that? Why don't we do that? Hey, Batman, you stink so bad. I can smell you from here. (laughs) Pew. (laughs) Pew, pew, pew. (laughs) Justice is served hot, Batman. You're gonna melt just like a grilled cheese sandwich. (laughs) Just for that, Batman. You wouldn't let me fry, would you? And uh, yeah, as you heard it, it's hard to hear 
someone else deliver lines that you know you've heard <laughs> Mark Hamill's Joker deliver and and think they could do think that it would be as good or could it have been as good if, if he had done the full series obviously a very talented actor in his own right uh, I think depending on who you ask it was either he was ill or had to step down I believe there's I want to say it's in the the blu-ray documentary that they did sort of the long-form documentary they did Maybe uh, it might be Gene McCurdy, the you know the, the Fox producer, who's kind of you know really one of the the godmothers of of Batman the animated series. Uh, mentions that maybe there was also an issue where one of the heads of, of Fox Television didn't care for Mister Curry. They had had some kind of personal interaction that didn't go well, and so maybe she was told to look for another, uh, or they were told to look for a new Joker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, regardless of, of whatever the truth is, is always sometimes the truth. And those, uh, those Hollywood stories can, can be somewhere in the middle, but uh, we, 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 uh, we landed on Mark Hamill who famously, and we put some clips up from this, uh, this little featurette from one of the DVDs on, uh, on our, on our socials this week, but he thought, you know, he thought he, he would be lucky if, if he could play, uh, you know, some minor character. He talked about wanting to be like, Hugo Strange or Clayface or, or even Rachel Ghoul. He thought, oh, wouldn't that be neat if I got to guest star? And in fact, he plays another character. He plays uh, Mr. Hamill plays Ferris Boyle in the in the iconic Mr. Freeze episode, Heart of Ice. And uh, and and yet when they were in need of a, a Joker recast, uh, they they remembered that Mark uh, had had some interesting ideas and called him back and 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 the rest as they say is history and he you know he talks about trying to remember what he had done in the audition as he's driving to the <laughs> studio and laughing maniacally to himself and he he talks about the anatomy of joker's laugh which of course the laugh is as funny as and as some of these great line deliveries of uh you know that that mr hamill gives the laugh as as he points out it's it's not it's not one thing it's not a you know, it's not a, a repeated sound effect. Uh, you know, his laugh is is different and it, it reflects his move. Like 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 we've just been talking about, the Joker can be can be sinister, it can be can be ominous, it can be threatening, or it can be full of joy, it could be completely maniacal and out of control, or it can just be, you know, the happiest thing you've ever heard. And depending on the mood of the Joker in the episode, Mark Hamill. Uh, you know, it's 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 like a broken record talking about how good Mark Hamill is playing the Joker. But I thought uh, listening to him discuss sort of the anatomy of the laugh and and how he he came, he arrived at that for the show is uh, it really just shows that you know again these were these were this this was not a bunch of actors coming in to do a a silly kids cartoon. These are actors, especially in Mark Hamill's case, uh, was famous for perhaps getting into it more than any other actor, even amongst his very talented cast and, and crewmates here. <laughs> One of the things that informs the Joker is his laugh. And I remember reading the comic books. It was ha 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 ha, but lots of ho ho he he ho ho he. <laughs> his laugh should be like a musical instrument. It should sort of illustrate his mood. It could be ominous and intimidating. Yeah. It could be gleeful and with wild abandon. <laughs> but I didn't want to just have one rote laugh. 
<laughs> I was driving in the first recording session thinking, how did I laugh? I'm on the freeways in Los, in Los Angeles. <laughs> no, that's not it. <laughs> no, that's not it. Now, I'm sure no one in Los Angeles would <laughs> look twice at somebody. Look at that guy laughing maniacally in his car. Yeah, I, I loved hearing him describe in that clip where he talks about the Joker's laugh is like a, like an instrument, you know, it can be played it mm-hmm. can be played happy. It can be played for a sad, in a sad moment, a more menacing moment. Uh, so comparing a laugh to an instrument, I mean, what a, what a, what a mind to be able to, to sort of, think about that as a concept for a laugh you know who who thinks that except somebody that is a is an artist somebody that can that can think in that that medium um but yeah it's it the fact that he tells those stories of not being confident or needing to to have the tape his original recording tapes played back uh to 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 remember what he did to even land the part is is pretty funny but <laughs> you know i i love the stories that they told i think andrea romano tells in one of those uh one of those dvd or blu-ray extras about how uh mark was the only the only actor that stood up in his recording booth uh, <laughs> and really got into it. Everybody else was sitting down and and kind of you know reading their lines, but he felt in order to get the most out of it and enjoyed the fact that you weren't because it's a voice acting bit. You you can do things that that you can't do when you're physically acting. The faces you can make, the hand gestures, all of the stuff that you can do. Uh, that you can't really do when you're recording, uh, you know, you're doing a live action performance. Um, you know, I, I, I loved that. I love the story of, uh, you know, him talking about his, his previous role to this uh, being a, a stage role and, and being, you know, could, didn't really have the freedom to, to change things uh, up very much, except the laugh of his character. So then when he got into this, this role, being able having a little bit more freedom and being able to change up the voice and the, you know, the various aspects of the character's laugh is, yeah. Uh, you know, we could talk for days on the, the iconic, <laughs> the iconic uh, voice actor that is Mark Hamill. I mean, he, he he's played it in so many other mediums and cartoons and uh video games and you know to this day he you know most recently he was doing uh doing tweets uh reading tweets of our of our former president and <laughs> as the joker uh that were, was a huge hit you know it was so funny uh so you know he's he is synonymous with that voice uh and i i heard a heard an interview with him at one of those comic panels recently which is so awesome to hear is he name dropped a lot of the other voice actors that have come act after him, mm-hmm. the Kevin Michael Richardson's, um, you know, and and uh, you know some of uh, Tim, uh, not Tim Curry, who's the, some of the other ones that have come after Troy him, Baker, Troy Baker, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, uh, that that have have voiced the Joker and it was very complimentary of them too. He was he went out of his way to compliment them and say yes, there have been a lot of great Joker voices, not just me, but uh, yeah, I think I think realistically speaking for our generation for a lot of generations there's going to be one joker voice uh forever <laughs> and it's <laughs> it's because of the performance and so many of the most iconic performances are the ones that we mentioned here um and without without that voice without being able to sort of come across as the comedian as the killer um you know 
Paul Dini said that that there was no one better at being able to communicate both of those aspects of the Joker than than Mark Hamill. It's in the voice. It's in the it's in the performance. So yeah, I I shudder to think what this series would have done without 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 stumbling upon Mark Hamill, the the guy that played Luke Skywalker, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> is is the same guy that voices the Joker. So go figure. Uh, yeah, absolutely. He even I think he's even talked about that. He's like he I think he said one of the reasons his perhaps his audition went as well as it is. He was so free and 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 had so much fun with it was because in, in the back of his mind, he's like, well, there's no way they're going to give it to me because they can't they couldn't deal with the backlash of of Luke Skywalker playing this this horrible villainous role. So <laughs> and, uh, and as we said, the rest, as we say, is history. Uh, and that will that will bring us towards the end here, Cal, very briefly, since since we've been uh, we've been talking for quite a while, uh, as we always like to do, we will mention briefly a few of uh, of the Joker's tie in comic appearances in the uh, DCAU related media. In this case, we'll be talking just briefly about a couple issues of Batman Adventures, the, the first volume of that. And actually, the, the first three issues of that uh, that series are kind of this. Uh, overarching uh, plot of the Joker, of the Joker plotting with some of, some of the other villains like Penguin and Catwoman, in order to uh, to ultimately spring this trap on uh, on the villain. Another another episode where the D, where another another story where the Joker has a, a television broadcast uh, <laughs> and uh, and, is, and is trying to uh, to uh, to kind of blackmail Batman into uh, into submission there. So some fun to be had there. Uh, Kelly Puckett writing several of these issues along with uh, the great Ty Templeton on art and then maybe the only other one i want to mention and again in a volume two we maybe would uh would, would maybe get to spend more time on some tie-in comics but uh i will just mention batman adventures number 16 which was uh which is again written by mr puckett and with pencils by the uh, the late great uh mike parabeck um it's it's a it's a really ve- very meta issue where there's like a, a an artist of a batman comic and the Joker gets mad at him because he keeps drawing issues where the Joker loses. <laughs> and so he kidnaps him and forces him to write new comics where the Joker wins. <laughs> uh, it's a very like, again, it's one of those ones where you're like, yeah, the, Mr. Puckett. And then of course the great art from, from Mr. Parabek and had uh, had r- the great Rick Burchett on inks with them. Uh, just, they, they understood the the tone of the series and how to translate that into comic form with the, with the Joker kidnapping a comic artist and forcing him to rewrite issues so that the Joker won and defeated Batman. I thought was a, that, that's a great, again, a, just a great little wrinkle of a Joker story. Yeah. That's uh that's pretty, pretty strong. That's what I'll have to revisit. If that, that, that one had completely has slipped my mind. So <laughs> worth a revisit alone based on, based on the, uh, the lineup of, of artists and, and storytellers there. I, I definitely would, would, would check that out again but then the uh the story itself certainly certainly sounds like a, a great setup for a great joker story absolutely and uh, and from there wrapping things up we will talk briefly about some of the the toys and action figures that spawn there's a lot of there's so many statues and toys and things representing the the joker from the animated series Perhaps thankfully for us from the original toy lines, most of those fall under banners of either the adventures of Batman and Robin or the mask of the phantasm, because those, those things got their own toy line. 
So from the original Kenner Batman, the animated series line, we just really have the, the one Joker, the Joker with laughing gas spray gun. Mm -hmm. But uh, I mean, right off the bat, they, they, they pretty much nailed it right, right off the bat there. And that's, that's, that's one I think if you're, if you're collecting, that's gotta be a, that's gotta be on your short list for, for one of the more iconic figures from the series. Yep, it's on my uh, it's on my wall. It's in, down here in 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 my uh, in my bat cave. I have it up on my wall. The everything about it, the, uh, the the card art. We've talked before about those Batman the animated series figures. Just look great, mint on card, and uh, that that Joker itself. While the accessories are a little bit goofy, uh, those those figures are are hard to beat. And uh, the 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 you know the look is spot on the 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 figure looks like he looks like in the show so it's uh it's it's a great piece and uh one of those that isn't too expensive uh because i guess they're they haven't fully gone up in in value or there was probably a lot of them made so uh it's it's an affordable piece if you're looking to start a a collection uh maybe just a piece or two maybe get something signed by mark hamill if you have the opportunity it's a good good excuse to to buy one of those if you find it for uh for a reasonable price absolutely and then uh it's i don't know if we can name all of the the more recent the batman the animated series figures the DC direct slash collectibles. We actually did an entire bonus episode a few years back, just going over these incredible DC direct Batman, the animated series and new Batman adventures figures that they did. But uh, the Batman, the animated series sets the joke we have. Let's see. We have an original Joker release. We have him in his Christmas with the Joker outfit. We have an expressions pack with a bunch of alternate heads, making different faces uh, we have is there is there one of him in the the, the hat and coat as well yep. I think yep, yep. Uh, just every, every every unique Joker look I think even one of the heads in the expressions pack is is Jekko right yes is, yeah. is there a Jekko face uh, well yeah. no that's with the uh, that's with the that's with the the Mondo figure that just came out I don't think they've ah okay. The 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 expressions though the expressions pack which I think is a little bit more on the expensive side but they have since released mm-hmm. some uh, re-released the figure with some of the expressions heads uh, just j- those are great pieces the the expressions pack actually comes with uh, the hands that you can make the Joker robots from the from Christmas with a Joker so if you want to make the the Joker robots with the gun hands uh, you can you can make one of those uh, with the uh, with the expressions pack but. But that that one's going to set you back a couple of uh, a couple of bills if you're if you're looking for that one nowadays. Absolutely. And then, of course, as you mentioned, that uh, that incredible uh, uh, Mondo figure, which is yeah, <laughs> just just so detailed and uh, and incredible. We'll probably there certainly will will be a uh, an Instagram and, and probably some Twitter posts with uh, with shots of all of these. So y'all can head to at DCAU review on Instagram if you want to have a visual aid for this section. But yeah, that's that's one of the great Batman the Animated figure, uh, Series figures ever made is that that Mondo Joker, I think is just absolutely incredible. They they continued to outdo themselves. You know the the Mister Freeze that came out is I thought was one of the best action figures ever made. Uh, but then mm-hmm. the, this Joker, when I finally got it in hand, I was like, ah, it it won't be that. It's not going to be that great. But boy, oh boy, it is <laughs> a uh, it's a gorgeous piece. And uh, you know the, it comes with a bunch of accessories. It's, it's essentially a, a Hot Toys version of a 
of a Batman figure. So Batman, the animated series figure. So um, it's uh, it's extremely posable, got all these different hands and things that you can shove in its hand. It's got the the uh, the stack of dynamite with uh, hooked up to the Joker head that he uh, that he places on 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 uh, Gordon's lapel from uh, from, uh, you know, from, uh, Joker's favor. Uh, so just the minute d- details of different things that, that he comes with are, are just fantastic. It's a, it's a gorgeous piece. It's not, not anywhere near being what, uh, I would call affordable or inexpensive. <laughs> so, uh, if you want to say, if you're, if you're looking to get one single Joker figure, uh, or maybe if you're looking to start a collection of figures and you just want to put something in the, uh, the middle of your of your room is like a showcase uh and you're a batman animated series fan those uh those mondo figures are are just incredible to look at so i highly recommend them if you can get your hands on them if you can afford them uh they're they're well worth the investment absolutely so uh suffice to say there's like we said we'll perhaps try to cover some more of the the merchandise the statues and some of the figures that fall under the other show and and movie banners uh when we when we next meet you sometime in the future for volume two of uh of a joker character spotlight but uh, as much fun as this is here cal i think it's time to wrap us up for volume one Thank you, everybody, for listening, uh, whether you have done so on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or as mentioned on the Pod Tower YouTube channel or any other podcast app. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, as, as we said, these these 250 round number episodes kind of get us a, a little nostalgic and then thinking about the, when we started the show and didn't really know if anybody would care or, or listen. And uh, the fact that, that anybody takes the time to not only to listen, but to share their own thoughts and share their own scores and their own favorite moments from, from each episode that we cover. Uh, we, you know, we don't take that for granted and, and we, we very much appreciate that. And uh, uh, one thing we would ask if you, if you do enjoy the show is that if you could, uh, if you could leave us a review and give us five stars on your podcast app of choice that does really help the show out and it's a free way to do it uh, another free way to help us out would be to as mentioned subscribe to the pod tower youtube channel and uh, and also uh, follow us on our social medias as mentioned at dcau review on both twitter and instagram uh, we're always chatting with folks on there and, and setting up what we'll be reviewing next and just kind of having general discussions about various dcau and dc animation and even i even talks just some regular comic stuff uh, if, you, if you're on twitter so uh, always appreciate interacting with folks there and uh, and that will begin to wrap us up there if you wanted to uh, support us more directly more financially uh, there are a couple of ways you can do that we of course have our donate button on our main site at anchor.fm slash DCAU review. That's sort of where our main feed of the podcast is housed. And there's a little donate button there. Or if you'd like to get something back for your for your coin, you can also head to DCAUreview.com and you can uh, go to our store there and pick yourself up a hat or a mug or something like that. Uh, however you choose to support the podcast, or even if you're just listening for the first time, we very much appreciate that. And uh, Cal, as we look forward now to 251, uh, we are in a new month, and that means it's time for something else to, to be on the review docket. That is right, Liam. We have a, uh, we're in a new month. 
we uh we took a little detour here from our normal normal schedule way of doing things to celebrate our 250th but we are back in the saddle again next week we have a justice league slash justice league unlimited themed month uh, it's been a while since we've covered uh, Justice League or Justice League Unlimited. Part mm-hmm. of that is because of a finite amount of material, as we've talked about with so many of these shows. But uh, we have uh, we, we have some exciting stuff happening this month that we're uh, we're going to piggyback on and get some people talking about. But uh, next week, we're going to kick things off with a Justice League episode. Hard to believe we've not covered this episode yet. Can't believe it. But we will be covering parts one and two of The Secret Society next week. Uh, a great Justice League episode, one that uh, I can can remember i have some nostalgic feelings about uh discovering that our grandfather had taped on vhs had never seen it before uh it's a it's a fun episode a, a team up of villains a secret society if you will a league of our own perhaps uh if mm. you're uh if you're a snyder fan um oh, that wasn't <laughs> the snyder wait was that the snyder version or was that the was that the joss whedon version i forget I feel like he says it in both but okay. who All could right. remember who could possibly was five hours long <laughs> Right. <laughs> but yes, uh, we are we are in the the best version of the Justice League universe coming up uh, next week. Don't kill us, Snyder fans. <laughs> we had, with our coverage of uh, of that episode, can't wait to cover that with you. Absolutely, Cal. Cannot wait to cover Secret Society parts one and two next week. But until then, I'm Liam, and I am Cal, and we'll talk to you next time on another episode of the DCAU Review. Adios!